Well, hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with Xavier Sanchez and Danny Miller. How are you guys doing tonight? I am doing fantastic, and I got to say, I have got a lot, a lot to get off my chest this week. So, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down and having a chat with you guys. How you doing, Xavier? Good. I'm doing great, especially after uh, a win. It was a couple down days, but a win brings us up a little bit. Yeah, I got to say, man, that uh, those first two games were pretty much agony. Um, Just watching the White Sox do what we were afraid, you know, that they would do, more or less. And uh, that was come out and... um, in Houston, just decided not to hit um, single after single after single, and uh, no clutch hitting. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty rough. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was not feeling too uh, too energetic after game two. No, definitely not. Uh, the uh, it, it didn't feel it. It just felt like uh, there was no energy anywhere. Uh, in this team, and uh, I'll get into why I feel like that was going on a little bit later, but I have to agree. The, the first couple of games were they were just difficult to uh, – I actually didn't get a chance to watch, but I did have them on on the radio uh, at work, and uh, they were difficult to listen to on the radio. So uh, I'm kind of curious as to what you guys uh, – you know, what your thoughts were on why things went the way they are as we get into the show tonight, but uh, – like I said, I have a lot of things to get off my chest. I got some things to say tonight, so uh, we're going to get into this, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you know, when I heard that Lance Lynn was going to be the game one starter, um, I know I was worried, as I know you were as well, Danny. Um, yes. Going up against uh, a great fastball hitting team, and you're 
throwing a guy out there that is throws four different kinds of fastballs. And, um, you know, every once in a great while you'll get a, uh, you know, you'll get a change up or a curveball or something. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, uh, he didn't miss a whole lot of bats. I mean, he still ended up getting, you know, some strikeouts per usual and, uh, you know, somewhat limited the damage, but, you know, it was uh, pretty much what I thought was going to end up happening. And realistically, if you, if you look at his last uh, five starts or whatever it is since he came back from the uh, disabled list, um, this is pretty much what you've been looking at, you know, four or five innings, and he's already at 100 pitches, and he's not uh, – not limiting contact a whole lot, and uh, he gives up some runs, and he'll get touched up. And uh, that's pretty much exactly what we ended up seeing. And it was nothing, you know, I, if Detroit's doing it, the Astros are going to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Right. Because that monstrous lineup that uh, that Detroit has, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, not even saying anything. I mean, like they, uh, you know, Hinch had them had them playing pretty well. I'm watching this uh this Red Sox Tampa Bay game here and uh just had a throwing error at first base. So you got uh you got a runner at second with no outs in the bottom of the eighth. So the uh the Rays are fighting for their lives and Wander Franco and uh Margot and uh Kiermeyer are fighting for their lives out there, but uh, there's only, you know, and Rosarena, there's only so much that they can do, you know? So, uh, at least at least it appears there's only so much they can do because uh, they're not doing so hot, uh, not doing so hot so far, you know, tonight. You know, they've given now, up some runs. No, uh, they haven't done real hot this whole series, to be honest with you. I mean, you're looking at... Uh, you're looking at a Boston team that, if I'm not mistaken, finished last in the East last year. And they're about to uh, take out, or at least it looked like up until the, the game was tied here a little bit ago, it looked like uh, Boston was going to take out the uh, the best team in the AL, or at least what a lot of people think is the best team in the AL. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a, a highly watched uh, game and uh, – you know, to see these guys fight for their lives, obviously you, you expect a lot from the Rays being that they were, you know, considered the best team in the AL uh, by a lot of folks. Uh, you know, to see this kind of fight when you're about to go out is something. Hey, Griptal, thank you for the resub. Thank you, sir. That is uh, that's awesome. You get a little uh, little Timmy strut. Yeah, you're right on, right on. Moving on up. Good, good evening, Grimtall. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, I, I expected the Rays to come out kind of uh, fighting hard tonight. But uh, you know, I, I kind of think that I like the way the White Sox match up better against Boston. So uh, as long as the White Sox can get through the next couple of games here uh, against the uh, Strohs, uh, I personally would rather see uh, the uh, the Bo Sox. But uh, that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I I have to agree. Um, I was not. I assumed, you know, and this is the uh, as, as the phrase goes, this is why they play the games. Um, I assumed that the Rays were going to uh, just pummel the Red Sox. And, uh, 
you know, the Red Sox, they fought hard to get to the playoffs. You know, they needed to uh, beat uh, the Nationals in the last weekend just to make it past the uh, make it past the Blue Jays. And uh, they're coming into the playoffs and they're they're playing well. So it's, uh, you know, I, I agree. Yes, it's a better matchup for the White Sox. Um, you know, but uh, the White Sox have to take care of business themselves. That is the uh, the unfortunate reality here is that, uh, you know, they started off 0-2 by playing corpse ball down in Houston, and uh, they've got two more games, possibly, and they have to win both. I mean, they are one uh, one or two bad innings away from going home, so... Let's hope that uh, Tony's got these boys fired up and ready to go and they go out and uh, don't play tight and uh, do some stuff, you know? Yep, yep, absolutely. White Sox premium case saying neither team scares me. Um, I don't know that I totally disagree with that. Uh, I feel like, you know, maybe it's just the White Sox bias in me, but, uh, you know, I, I just feel like the White Sox uh, – personally match up better against this uh red sox team but they have like you know like you were saying ian they did kind of fight to get their way into the playoffs they uh they came in hot at the end of the season there and uh you know they're playing some pretty good ball against a really good ball club so uh, i don't know if that scares me yeah i'll agree with that uh kendall i will say that uh the astros do scare me as well uh Neil haas um, thanks for the follow missed that a second ago my bad, my bad. Thanks for the follow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh the strolls scare me a little bit. Uh you know what scares me more than anything, and you know, we've been beating this horse all season long, but uh Mr. Hall of Famer person, uh yeah, he uh he scares me. He scares me no matter who we face up against, because uh let's be honest, we he just doesn't seem to learn from the mistakes that he makes over and over again, even though he says he does and you know, he's going to make adjustments and uh, I'm really not seeing those adjustments. So I'll say, you know, you know what, go on on about that, but yesterday I thought he did a, a pretty decent job handling the bullpen. So, you know, um, then again, everybody did what we hoped that they would do. So, I mean, it's kind of easy well, when here's you're what throwing guys the, out there and they're all doing what they're supposed to. I, I'll, I'll, here's what I'll say about the bullpen yesterday. Uh, one of the, uh, one plus innings that uh, Aaron Bummer threw yesterday, literally threw one heater the entire inning. It was the first one, two, three inning that the White Sox had that entire game. And you know what he did? He threw the hook and the change up the entire inning. He threw one heater that didn't even hit the strike zone. One. And what happened? Struck out the side. So amazing how that works, huh? Against the best fastball hitting team in baseball. You throw him a bunch of hooks, and these guys strike out. Hmm. So I got a question for you. If uh, if you if you <laughs> did notice that uh, there was a guy who was left off the playoff roster who throws nothing but junk. Hmm. Would would he have fared better than Lance Lynn? Well, I don't know that. <laughs> I know that's. I know it's it's that's a that's a. That's a doozy right there, and it, it sounds he, he really, really well. dumb. He didn't but... fare well all during the regular season, let's be honest here. Uh, I don't know that because the Astros are a fastball-hitting team that that would have made 
Miss, I, I assume you're talking about Mr. Uh, Kugel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I and, and I say as I'm saying it, I know it sounds really stupid. However, I mean, you know, Lance Lynn got his face beat in, you know, every, you know, I mean, I guess I couldn't go that far. He didn't give up 10 in the first inning, but I mean, it didn't go well, you know? No, it did not. It did not. Uh, Astro hitters, except for Tucker, look completely different at the plate last night. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, and what was the big difference there? I mean, can anybody give me anything? What was the what was what was the big difference about the Astros hitters not looking good? Now, are we gonna are we gonna get into this? Uh, what Dylan Cease said? Or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Tapera? Dylan Cease. It was Ryan Tapera said yeah. after the game. Are uh, we yeah, gonna, are I mean, we yeah, that, that they're they're up to. Uh, what did he say? They were they're. Uh, that they're known for uh, doing uh, shady things or something along yeah, those something lines. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I, I, there's no reason to not get into it. We got we got a couple hours of time here, so uh, there's All no right, reason to not it. to get into it. We're hey, just getting start, started. Let's start the night off on a bang, then, huh? Let's let's go ahead and do that. Let's talk about these uh these cheating Astros, or at least the 2017 Astros that got caught for cheating that we know for sure happened and that major league baseball uh has taken the right on the nose for that one because uh pretty much did an investigation and found that there was cheating there was there's no denying it at this point so we know that happened in 2017 we know they went to the world series again in 2019 and uh they did not come away with the uh the, the trophy the commissioner's trophy uh but uh uh, you know, does that mean that this is a team that doesn't know how to get away with some shady dealings? Does the uh, does the arrival of Dusty Baker in Houston change that? These are legit questions I'm asking you guys. I, I want to hear what you got to say about this. Uh, I don't have any. Uh, I, how about this? I wouldn't have any. Uh, there would be no surprise to me whatsoever if they, if I found out that they were doing something again. And for anybody to say that they weren't doing anything in 2019 when they went to the World Series again, I think is also extremely naive. And uh, you know, I actually uh, got into it with a couple of people on uh, a couple of Houston fans on Twitter. Um, which I generally don't try and do, but it's just like the uh, the the amount of stupid things they were saying. Um, I mean, they were investigated by Major League Baseball. Now, regardless of what Rob Manfred, who is a complete and total stooge and uh, a pawn of the owners who, uh, you know, is doing nothing but trying to save face for the uh, Major League Baseball... Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't trust a word he says for anything and watching him make decisions in, uh, you know, for the entire league, every decision that I see him make, I pretty much disagree with. So why would I think that what he's doing with the Astros is on the level either, you know, like it just seems to me that everything this guy does 
is uh, is crooked or uh, not in the best interest of of the game. And I can't disagree or, or think that what he did with the ruling on that cheating scandal is uh, is on the level either. You know, so right, right. I, oh, I saw. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Xavier. I saw someone on Twitter going back and forth with an Astro fan acting. At, they're like, you know, the White Sox cheated once. And the difference between when the White Sox cheated 100 years ago and now, those players got banned for life. And these guys just got a slap on the wrist. They didn't even get that. The managers, two two coaches. Two coaches got suspensions for a year. For a year, yeah. The, the teams didn't lose a trophy. No players got suspensions or fines or anything. They, there was zero repercussion for the players. We had a couple of managers. You had a one-year suspension. They both served those suspension. They're both back in baseball. Coaching teams, one of which uh, is in our division. One of which that I felt like would have been a great manager for the White Sox to have, regardless of that scandal, uh, and is doing pretty pretty good things over there in Detroit. Uh, and I just want to go back. I'm sorry. Before I started to step all over Xavier, uh, Grimtall says in the chat, we're talking about the man who paid criminals 250000 to steal documents out of an informant's car. And uh, I assume he is talking about, and this is a, a documentary that I have told other people to go ahead and check out if you haven't seen it. There's a doc documentary out there called Screwball. And it's all about the, uh, the 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 steroid scandal from the early 2000s, early mid-2000s. Yeah, uh, I watched that. Yeah. You know, little, uh, little uh, itty-bitty uh, clinic down in Miami doing big, big things for baseball. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, I highly suggest checking it out. It's a good watch. It's a fun watch on top of being uh, somewhat informative about uh, some of the things you may have not known about the steroid scandal and how uh, Major League Baseball attempted to cover up a lot of that. Yeah, at the time it was C-League uh, that was the uh, commission at the time of all that nonsense. But, uh, you know, I guess – well, Manfred was his right-hand man during all of that and yep. was part of this whole scandal. Yeah, so. he's the one who uh, who recommended him for the job despite, uh, you know, Uncle Jerry not uh, not wanting that to right. happen. He, he right. told everybody, this is a bad idea. And nobody listened, and uh, now we're saddled with this idiot as the commissioner of baseball. Uh, go back up the... Uh, <laughs> Back up the chat here because we've been uh, yapping. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's uh, Leori in the, in the field. Yeah, he left Leori in the field for too long, and uh, he, you know, he, he did end up putting Engelin in uh, in the ninth to replace Leori. But on the plus side, uh, Leori uh, did lay the wood last night, so uh, I can't really. Uh, you know, disagree with him keeping him in the lineup, just, you know, showing what he did with the uh, with the stick yesterday. And, yeah, Hamilton, uh, pretty much a non-entity, um, hasn't really uh, been out there at all. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about Billy a little bit. And, well, let's 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 back up to the bus and talk about Leori and where uh, there could have been a swap for Leori and Billy in game two instead of 
oh, I don't know, pinch hitting uh, Cesar Hernandez and moving Leori from the starting second baseman to now right field to bring Cesar Hernandez's bat into the game. Yeah, that was questionable. We could have just we could have just brought in, oh, I don't know, Billy Hamilton. If you were you're up, you're up, you've got one of your best guys going on the mound. Uh and uh you know, the game was or at least I, they might have been tied at that point actually or down one. But the game was still uh very much at hand. And Leori uh, misplays a, a pretty. I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was a line drive. Those ones they say are tough to uh, defend when they're kind of hit right at you. But you know, I mean, he made a really huge mistake that uh, pretty much handed the rest of the game over from that point on. And uh, you know, like I said, you got uh, you got guys. Did Adam Engel really need to come out of that game? I you know for, to me Caesar Hernandez. Yeah, that that was my main issue is that, you know, if you look at Engel's stats, his stats are all better than Cesar Hernandez. So why are you pulling Engel for Hernandez? The guy's done, you know, essentially not not really a whole lot in the last month. Um, you know, I'm like, not saying I'm sorry. I'm not saying that, that you know, I, I made it sound like I'm saying that that was the whole reason the Sox lost the game. But, uh, you know, it did change the entire complexion of the game you know we i don't know if the outcome would have been any different but you know like you're saying let, let, let's i'll let you get back to what you're saying about caesar here because quite frankly i'm a little upset and i'm gonna stutter <laughs> i mean you know i i thought that that was a that that was a pretty uh terrible move i like uh uh beginning manager type of move you know, I just I know that, you know, Tony loves to play the left right matchups. And uh, see, the issue with that is that Adam Engel doesn't subscribe to those normal splits that you would normally do that kind of a thing with. And, uh, you know, if you look at his at his stats over the last uh, year and a half, granted, you know, we've talked about this before that um, that you're looking at uh, a bunch of injuries for for Engel. So, like, I get that, that he hasn't been around a lot. But uh, Cesar Hernandez has been around and has not played particularly well, unfortunately. Like, I, I wish that we were getting that uh, pre-July or, or that, uh, what was it, uh, June, July, and August of uh, Cesar Hernandez that the Indians got. But unfortunately, we're getting the uh, – you know, the the late August and September Cesar Hernandez that didn't hit. So, I mean, that that's unfortunate. And <laughs> the whole thing of taking Engel out to pinch hit Cesar Hernandez so then you could bump Leuri to right field when you've got, first off, you've got Engel in right field, so you're going from a plus to a minus, and then to not, move Hamilton into right field I don't know to me that's a that was it was bad it was not a good move I'm just and, trying to uh, figure out what the train of thought was on that at all whatsoever yeah why no did idea. we need to bring Caesar it just seemed like the whole point was to bring Caesar Hernandez in the game it had nothing to do with taking angle out uh, it didn't have anything to do with moving Leori somewhere else. It just had the feeling of bringing Hernandez into the game. And I'm going, why? 
I just want, why? I, I don't know. It, it, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was a different thought process, but it sure didn't feel that way. Yeah. I. Uh, Kendall says uh, if you're going to take out Engel, uh, you put in sheets. And I don't know. To well, me, I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say that because two of the same things. You know, you got the two guys that are not outfielders in right field trying to handle that that rocket off of Kimbrel, which was, uh, you know, unless unless you get a plus defensive outfielder, odds are you're probably seeing a bad route on that on that hit. But uh, yeah. Well, and you know, well, here's the thing, though. Once, uh, once Valdez came out of the game, Framber Valdez came out of the game. I kind of have to agree. Why not bring in Sheets? You didn't want Sheets to face a lefty. You didn't want to go the lefty-lefty route there. So, fine. You don't start Sheets. But then Framber Valdez is out of the game. Why do you not bring probably the the, the most powerful lefty bat you have on your team into the game? Yeah, but you instead bring a guy who can't hit his way out of a paper bag. Yeah, I agree. That I agree. You know, uh, there and you know, like, you know, we talk about this Billy Hamilton thing. Um, Billy Hamilton has skills. He's great runner, and uh, great defender. Sitting on the bench the entire time. You also have, uh, you know, all these guys on the. Uh, on the taxi squad coming along. So, I mean, if they just wanted another cheerleader, they should have just left him off as a taxi squad guy. If they just wanted a cheerleader on the bench, you know, uh, because, you know, yeah, Ryan Goodwin's in the dugout jumping up and down every day. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, uh, you know, like the, the, everybody loves Billy and Brian. So, uh, if that's the case that you, you know, you want your buddies around, cool. You know, if they're not going to get used, what like literally, what is the point of having them there? I don't, I, I don't understand, but, you know, and until and, uh, until yeah, yesterday, we were, we were all confused at when was uh, Michael Kopech going to get into a game, and finally they waited to game three. Right after using crochet two days in a row. Yeah, I, I, that's I'm, I'm done. That's all I have to say about that. You, you used crochet two days in a row. Yeah, I, I figured yeah, that out, Kopech. Kendall. That you uh, that you said uh, not to pl- not sheets to play in the field just for the at bat. I got, I got. No, you. right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. His, uh, I, that's what I should have said. I, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the uh, the premium, the White Sox premium on Facebook uh, admin chat, and that's exactly what I said was that his, sheets' his bat becomes viable, meaning that for at that at bat, just to get him a chance to uh, you know do what he does and hit the. Uh, the concourse shot, you know, because that's another thing we were talking about. You know, the White Sox had no extra base hits at that point. And as, you know, Kendall pointed out just a little bit ago in the chat, Angle, the guy you took out of the game, was the closest you were coming to getting an extra base hit in that series to that point, and Bregman robbed him. Bregman made an absolute um, awesome play and robbed him of extra bases. But you took Angle out. You brought this other clown in, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't call him a clown because he has done some decent things here and there. He's he's had, he's had a couple of clutch moments in the regular season, but uh, by and by, he's really been uh, mediocre at best. And I'm talking about Caesar, but uh, yeah, you bring in, you take Angle out for this guy, and you've got sheets. You've got all you've got a bunch of other guys that have done way more than this clown. 
said it again. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. I no, I hear you. Um yeah, so uh in the chat there mentioning that uh yeah, Danny Mendick also just sitting on the bench. I, I would you rather see uh Danny Mendick or Cesar Hernandez taking it bat? Me? Yeah. Probably Danny Mendick at this point. I can't disagree. I mean, I, I don't uh, – neither one of them's numbers over the last uh, month and a half have really been all that great. Well, I mean, you know, my my whole point is saying uh, Danny Mendick is why not shake it up a little bit because, like you said, either we know Caesar hasn't been doing it. Uh, maybe Danny Mendick doesn't do it either, but, uh, you know, shake it up a little bit. Like you said, the guys are here. You have them in your – in your arsenal you have them at your disposal you give him a shot you never know somebody might come out and play hero yeah I, I... yeah i can't disagree you know um so uh let's go ahead and um let's bring up last night uh first home game for the white Sox in uh what was it uh 13 years and yeah. uh you know we'll get to the, to the result later i suppose but uh let's bring up the uh the thing that we were talking about beforehand um it was mentioned on social media everywhere uh radio tv twitter facebook everybody's been talking about this game being the first home playoff game since 2008 and they're talking about the blackout game. So I, I've uh, I've gone ahead and I have made a uh, a little tutorial here uh, slash PSA for White Sox fans, and uh, we'll, we'll go over this uh, right now. So this right here, if you notice, we have acceptable wear for a blackout. Notice one thing that they all have in common. They are all black. You have a regular White Sox jersey, black. You have the City Connect jersey, also black. If you don't have money to pay for a DH Gate $15 jersey and you want to go the $5 route, you could go to Walgreens and get yourself a black T-shirt like this gentleman on the left. We heard about it everywhere. What do we see last everywhere. night on TV? Are you <laughs> freaking kidding me? Oh, Look at these two. Goodness. And it's people in the scout seats. The most expensive tickets in the entire stadium. You've got this dope wearing a red shirt and his wife wearing a pink shirt. you got the four idiots above them all wearing white. Did you not get the memo? I mean, dude, how how do you not? It was everywhere. <laughs> there were commercials on regular TV. I just don't White get it. Sox having a blackout game. And we all remember the first blackout game. It was amazing. Yeah. And I believe it was Hawk or somebody during that uh during that broadcast of that first blackout game that described it as a sea of caviar. 
and they did the wide angle shot of the stadium and it literally looked like a, a, you couldn't tell the the motion of the crowd looked almost fluid because it was all one color there might have been four white jerseys sprinkled in in that entire stadium last night it looked like a it looked like a starry night man there was a lot of black and, and and kudos to everybody for getting the memo that did get the memo but there was a lot of uh, white speckled in across the entire stadium uh, we asked for black we pepper not salt and pepper correct very good <laughs> Perfect, perfect analogy. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, like, I, I just don't get it. How yeah, you? Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, sorry to cut you off. Ah, you're uh, good. I'm watching the game. I, I was, I didn't, I missed that. I and I missed anything that was said on social media. But uh, seeing these graphics, anyone who was at the game is hadn't been a pretty big enough fan unless they just happened to fall on the tickets that they were there. So I'm assuming they. All of them, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, listen to them on the radio or even on the, the TV. I don't know how you missed this discussion or even in a newspaper. It's been mentioned a couple times. God, I know the millions of followers I hear of uh, White Sox Daily on Twitch knew. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, how do you uh, just. How did you not hear about it? And if you and, and if you did, how what are you doing? Now yeah, I know the guy that's sitting right behind that? the guy is sitting right behind the dugout wearing a navy jacket with a eighty three hat on. Like, come on, man. I know you got a black White Sox hat somewhere. Uh, I don't I know they sell them everywhere at the stadium. You know, yeah. if you can sit in the scout seats, you can you can afford thirty bucks for a black hat, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Truth Sayer says he just got lucky and he had no idea. All right, man. Well, I don't know what to tell you then, because <laughs> there it was all over Twitter. And actually, uh, I saw some people uh, verbally assaulting other people that were on the way in the, on the red line to uh, go see the game. And they were talking to these people on the train saying, what are you doing? <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. I've been, I've been hoodwinked. Yeah. It's, oh. it's probably not the worst thing someone can experience on that train. So they're probably like, ah, it's a better day. I'd rather get yelled at for this. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. I, I, I'm picking up what you're laying down. It's a bold statement, Xavier. Bold statement. <laughs> Um, I can, I cannot go through this entire stream without bringing up Jim Cott, uh, oh the boy. broadcaster yes. for, uh, the MLB network, uh, game two. This is a, a, a big conversation I was wanting to have just like the announcers in general and what, what you guys liked, what you didn't like, you had him making his insane statement and the rest of them being True. all this shit. And then you had AJ Przinsky. Almost seemed like he just did not like the Sox at all. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a good you idea. Can start with, with yeah. Jim Katz. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jim Cott. Um, <laughs> they're talking about Yoan Moncada. And uh, oh, the, 48 the, the, the man of uh, many positions, which how that is uh 
how they got that, uh, the man has literally played second base and third base since he's been in the majors and hasn't played second base since 2018, I don't think. Um, and if he did play second base, it was very, 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 very limited. Um, they, they're talking about how much of a stud this dude is, which we've all seen him, you know. He's fast. He hits the ball hard. Um, great glove over at third. Great arm. Throws sometimes can be questionable, but you know we'll uh, you know we'll talk about that at, at a different time. Um, and he's a uh, a beautiful chiseled man. And uh, Buck Showalter mentions uh, talking about him when he was uh, manager of the Orioles and saw him with the Red Sox. And, uh, yeah, Red Sox won. And uh, right. he's talking about uh, where do we get uh, where do we get one of these? And uh, Jim Cott's quote was uh, got a whole 40 acre field of them or something along those lines. Now, never in my life have I ever heard 40 acres referenced uh, in real estate wise or uh, anything else that was attached to a human being first off second off if you're saying specifically 40 acres there's only one thing that that can relate to when attaching a human to that uh, that number of acres and uh <laughs> Slavery was abolished in the U.S. a long time ago, man. How how do yeah, you how do you I don't I just don't understand how do you, how do you say this on live television and uh, a not get like the uh, the five second delay uh, mute and uh, or you know just somebody elbowing you in the ribs going hey stupid what are you doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, how do you, I mean. You know, I think moving forward, all these broadcasting companies, you know, I would I would rather have them say something corny, like using today's slang that, like, younger kids would use, rather than say a racist statement. So I think all these people need to be given a folder of, like, new slang terms, because as annoying and cringeworthy those can be, it's much better than saying something as extreme and racist as what he just did. Yeah, well, and he's trying to claim that he didn't even know what he was saying, really. Or there are people, maybe not him, but I've seen uh, at least some other people trying to defend what he said. And I'm sorry. Uh, Kendall says that, you know, I guess when I, he's, he's probably speaking to my, my statement that I said slavery was abolished in the U.S. a long time ago. Uh, he says, not as long as you think. Well, you know what? If it was a year ago or 10 years ago, it's long enough to know that you don't say things like that. But we're talking the 1800s, pal. We're, you know, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, you know, Abe Lincoln was our 16th president, dude. You know what I mean? Uh, it's been long enough. And if these guys don't know what they're saying, how can you even have a job as a national broadcaster? So uh, I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, I don't buy the old white man excuse of, well, he didn't know what he was saying. Uh, that's, uh, um, 
and I'm, um, I'm sorry. You know, maybe am I pushing the, the the envelope here a little bit, but not so you know, much if... like I was commenting on the White Sox premium on my comment. Not so much thug slang, but there's a bunch of like corny kid jokes that's way different. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I saw some uh, some fifties slash sixty year old uh, woman claiming that she had a uh, a master's degree in history and had never heard the term before. And if that's the case, uh, you're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, if you if you went to school and got a master's degree in history, and in you history. don't know what that means, um. Yeah, I'm just not buying it. You are, uh, you are a liar. So, uh, just somebody out there trying to do uh, damage control for Mr. Cott. Maybe she's, uh, you know, it's a burner account for Jim Cott. I don't know. All I know is that uh, the whole thing ridiculous, man. Uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I saw him on MLB again, uh, MLB Network this morning, and I was actually surprised. I was not expecting to see him. I was expecting, uh, I was expecting to see uh, not Jim Cott on the uh, on the morning news. Yeah, program. how do you, how do you not? It, I mean, and this isn't like people in in Chicago are the only ones talking about it. I'm seeing this all over Twitter and social media. Uh, I've heard national broadcasters on other shows, in other towns and states and cities and in you know places across the country, talk about that. And, uh, you know, we've we've heard of uh, other people talking about, uh, you know, nappy headed haircuts and, and things of that nature get suspended. And I'm not going to get too much into that, too. I don't I don't agree with what was said. Let me just put that out there right now. I'm just using these as examples. These, you know, these guys uh, have uh, gone uh, to the wayside when they say things like that. Uh, they have been suspended, fired, you know, whatever. You don't hear or see them again. And here's Jim Cott still hanging around. Uh, no apology. You know, not at least not much of one. You know, it was... Uh, it, it's, it's disturbing, especially in today's day and age. Uh, especially, you know, what we've seen most recently in the last couple of years. Uh you know, with all the movements across the board and more and more people kind of getting on board with, you know, we're, we're talking about changing the game in baseball. We're talking about changing the world and people's thoughts on these kinds of things and how archaic uh, a lot of that uh, mentality can be. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really care how long ago the laws were changed and, and things were, were, you know, uh, put in motion to uh stop slavery and 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 racism you know racism is obviously still around and it's unfortunate that you know with these things as recently as happening as they have you're still still gonna go ahead and say something like that on a national broadcast it's it's quite disgusting sorry it it shows you where like who he must hang around with or what his everyday language is because i'm sure you can make a million different references in that uh, setting, and that's the one that first came to his mind. Yeah, there's so ex- many words and scenarios. Exactly. If that's what he went with, 
Like, you can't just absentmindedly say something that's stupid without uh, without it being a uh, a normal thing in your brain. Right. It, it sounds like it was part of his vernacular. Right. Like, I would, like, on this, you know, like, we're sitting here doing this live, talking to each other with a chat in here, and you don't ever hear us say anything remotely close to that. I mean, no, it's disturbing, insane that this this kind of stuff still happens. Um, uh, Kendall says the only reason why Kahat wasn't fired was because he did not say that about an African-American, which is entirely possible. I mean, that could be the uh, the thing. But, uh, you know, regardless, that sounds, like a, that sounds like a systemic problem then, because now you're talking about the higher ups agreeing that, you know, it, it's not as bad. That's yeah. what it sounds like. It's not as bad because he's saying it about a Hispanic male instead of a African American male. Which, yeah, which is uh, stupid as well. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, as uh, as John Gruden found out tonight, I don't know if you guys saw this news or not, but uh, John Gruden has been axed with the uh, with the Raiders uh, after the uh, the um, the thing about His that email. Yeah, that email. No, something like email from 2011. I mean, there might have been something in the locker room too that I didn't hear about. But uh, some email from uh, 2011 popped up somewhere about him saying some sort of uh, racist slang term. Like, I don't know exactly what it was, but I mean, boom, just like that. Next day, he's gone. Jim yeah. Cott, nothing, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess like he didn't specifically come out, and you know, say like a, a specific term. But I mean, this is the kind of thing that just uh, kind of like. If, if that's the kind of thing, if 40 acres and a mule is coming out in your basic uh, common conversation, those other words aren't far behind. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Hispanic m- male who likely has African-American ancestry. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, at least to, yeah. uh, at least to a possible certain degree. Um, you know, I mean, obviously... Uh, you know, they were talking about Mankata, who does tend to be a little bit more fair-skinned if they had, you know, been talking about, uh, you know, possibly, uh, I would say probably the descendants, uh, probably a little less so, but, you know, whatever. Regardless, really bad choice of words. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of says it's a crap that people used to forgive old grandparents for because they were from that time. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. You know, it's like... Uh, I had a great uncle that was, you know, from North Carolina, and he was like, I don't know, like 80-something, you know, in like 1990. And, you know, he would say stuff, and like, we were we, we were kind of like, okay, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's he's old. Yeah, but your, but your great uncle is not a freaking sports broadcaster. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay. You're like, okay, Grandpa, go go back to watching your, you know, your uh, Judge Wapner, you know, or whatever it is you're doing over there. Okay, Grandpa, you just kind of, it's okay. We just ignore it. We just just leave Grandpa alone. He's old and honorary. No, we're talking about a guy who's on a on a national broadcast during the playoffs. <laughs> like, it's not the same, man. Yeah, it's not the same. No matter how you crack that egg. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, no, I've seen Halsey. I'm just making a statement that, you know, 
Yohan Mankata's skin is not exactly, uh, you know, super dark. Just saying. That's it. That's all. Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so all right, so we brought that up, and that's kind of one of those things where uh, just a- aggravating um, and just uh, mind-blowingly stupid. Um, so uh, I'll be back in one minute. My coffee is going right through me. I got to go pee. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to piggyback off of Xavier here. I'm going to continue the uh, the sports the sportscaster talk since we got the Jim Cott thing out of the way. Uh, let's talk about the rest of these guys. I know uh, you wanted to talk about that a little bit, Xavier. What are your thoughts on, uh, I don't know, White Sox players, especially some of our uh, young superstars being called things like Elroy? That's a <laughs> It's an, I don't know how you get, I forgot, I, that one didn't even cross my mind until you just mentioned it, but I was, I, I was watching during that part of the game. I don't, like, I understand the slip up every now and then, it's, it's a lot going for it, you can be perfect, no one's perfect, but the amount of times that you make a mistake on something just shows you weren't prepared, you, you weren't preparing and you, you didn't care as much. And, and here's I the think thing, was, you get, they have... They have their their lineup. No card. They get no card in front of them, and you can't read. There's no R in his name, dude. It's Eloy. They don't just get uh, the name written down. It they write it phonetically too, so they have the pronunciation for these names. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it seemed like they made way too many of these. And this, it's kind of a bummer that we lose the guys that the. The local guys that we have all season when it comes to the playoffs, they have to get these guys who would care less about the White Sox and never have and probably still don't. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, and it's all because uh, FS1 like decided to pay for, a little bit more money than uh, maybe some of the, uh, you know, the other stations and they won this contract. But, uh, you know, you, I, I'm just saying I agree with you. I think that uh, you should be a little more prepared. And I'm not asking for like homerism when it comes to uh, listening to the broadcasts. I just think they should do a better job at uh, t- sharing the game about the team and their story than the same old stuff that's been hammered in and making the same mistakes uh, throughout the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I have not been particularly happy with uh, with a lot of the. Uh broadcast stuff that i heard like i said a lot of it i was uh unable to uh to catch the first two games uh on tv because i was at work because you know day games yeah you know uh but uh i i was i I did watch the game last night and uh you know again these uh these national guys they just can't seem to get a player's name right uh, they don't know what position the guy has played throughout his career. They're oh, just making- there was that one. There was that one where they said, "I, I remember we, tw- um, Ian tweeted it out." They said, uh, something about the play, the ending of an inning play with Vaughn at first, even though it was Abreu at first, not Vaughn. How do you even get that one wrong, Jose Abreu? RBI <laughs> I'm not sure Vaughn was in the game at that, first- that time right. either. Right, and they, uh, you know, oh, I guess I can see how you could you get them so mixed up because they're the same size, they're the same height. 
Yeah. Uh, they have the same skin tone, same hair color. Yeah, you know, it's mm-hmm. that's an easy one to miss. Jose yep. Obreu and Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> that was that was comical. Another thing I don't obviously you haven't been watching, and it could just be because in previous season with the Sox not being in, I never looked for a, as many games. I just happened to come across it flipping through the channels. But this year. I feel like I'm playing hopscotch trying to find these games. Like one day, TBS, Fox, uh, MLB Network. At first, I wasn't sure if I even had MLB Network. I'm like scrolling. I'm like, uh, I think our TV has 100 plus sports ones, but we only have maybe 15 of them. And I feel like MLB Network's one of those like more special ones that luckily we had. But I was worried, like, am I not going to watch this game today? They did do a uh, a free preview. MLB did the right thing so people could actually watch the people that didn't have MLB. They did have a free preview uh, this week of uh, MLB Network. So people that didn't have it were, were able to watch it that had, uh, you know, at least had pay TV. Oh, good. I was like, like so many different channels, so many different uh, broadcasters. We were just talking while you were gone about um, being called Elroy, missing the first baseman, calling him Vaughn, not Abreu. I do love myself some Elroy Jimenez. He's uh, he's my favorite. I mean, come on. <laughs> Elroy Jimenez. Yeah. He, I, you've yeah. got the notes in front of you. And, and, that's and Andrew Vaughn you, looks just like Jose Abreu, right? Just like him. Looks just like him. Yeah. One of so the I can see how you get that one confused. One of the things we were talking about while you're gone was that I I understand the slip up here and there, but when you make them constantly, it shows like a lack of care for your position and job, especially in the the postseason. And a, a name slip up like Elroy, not only it's it has the name written, but then next to it on these note sheets, it's phonetically written. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's, and he's one of the stars of the team. I feel like you should know. Eloy Jimenez by now. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not even going to split hairs on the fact that, you know, they, you know, he says it's Eloy, you know, but I, I, like, I won't even, I won't even split hairs on that because even his best bud, Chuck Garfine, even says Eloy, despite the fact that, you know, like, there's been, like, a a thing that said it's supposed to be Eloy, but whatever. I'm not even going to split hairs about that. Calling him Elroy is, uh, just something completely different on on a, on another level. Um, one thing that I did run into uh, this week uh, on Twitter, and I saw a lot of, and I did, I, I tweeted about it on the uh, on the game one, was that I felt that I had uh, popped onto a local Houston broadcast because um, Amin and AJ Prasinski seemed like they were awfully uh you know awfully stoked on the Astros and um I will yeah, say on. this you know like they, they are they are professional broadcasters and the thing was is that both of those guys have heavy Chicago Chicago ties you know you got Amin who's the Bulls broadcaster and then you've got uh, AJ obviously who was on the 2005 team and uh you know like I could understand that uh you know possibly a Houston fan might look at that and say, well, they've got two Chicago guys in the broadcast booth. You know, if the, uh, if they, if the pairing was 
gushing over the White Sox and like kind of glossing over the Astros. I, I felt that they kind of um, went in the opposite direction. And I was thinking about it in in that point of view. And um, then the more I thought about it uh, as the game went on, I was thinking, you know, if the White Sox would actually get up off their ass and actually do something, maybe they would talk about the White Sox and seem a little bit fired up about the White Sox. And the fact that they didn't do hardly anything for that first game and looked like they were dead men walking didn't help the situation at all. And uh, I can't, uh, you know, necessarily get aggravated with AJ and Amin about about talking about all the guys on the Astros like they're Hall of Famers. Because if you watch that game and you weren't aware of what the White Sox had been all year long, and the White Sox record going into the playoffs, you would think that the Astros were 100% just completely, would they completely outclassed the White Sox because the White Sox did literally nothing that entire game. So I can understand a lack okay. of, of talking I, I, about I s- them. I see where you're going with this train of thought, but uh, let me ask you this. Last night, White Sox... Uh, you know, from about the fourth, fifth inning on, pretty much dominated the, you know, the second half of that game. Did you get the feeling that uh, AJ was changing his tune at all? I did. Game break, post-game stuff. Uh, did you? I, yeah. I still felt like maybe he did a little, but not to the extent that I would have liked, I guess, being that, you know, he's got a ring. See, this, uh, it's this got a is, White Sox logo on it. Yeah, no, I yeah, I hear you. But here, here's here's my my thinking on this, and I was thinking about this earlier this afternoon. Um, you know, if the the problem with White Sox fans is that you always see these tweets and Facebook posts about how they hate national broadcasts. You know, like we go on you know, the the White Sox play on ESPN, and you've got a Rod Dingbat saying all sorts of stupid things, and uh, you know everybody complains about this when the White Sox do play on the national games. You know, Field of Dreams, whatever. Um, here's the problem for White Sox fans: that you don't hear this from Yankees fans, you don't hear it so much from Red Sox fans, you don't hear it so much from Astros fans. And the reason being is because they've all been in the playoffs a lot over the last 10 years. So they're used to hearing these idiots do these kind of things to their team. And also, the fact that these announcers, because they're only doing the national broadcast, they've seen these guys a lot because they've been there a lot. So the amount of familiarity with these players is going to be a little bit more because the White Sox are new (laughs) And they're the team that's trying to climb that ladder, not the team that's been trying to climb that ladder for the last 10 years, regardless of whether they won a World Series or not, you know? Right. I, 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 get, I get that. I, you're making you're, – stop making sense, Ian. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, you know I'm, like I said, I, when I first flipped on that, fir- that game one 
and game two, same kind of the same deal. You know, like I, I felt like these national guys were kind of fawning over the Astros and not necessarily giving the White Sox players their due. But on the other hand, have they earned that level of respect yet? I mean, I know that all the guys on the White Sox are physical specimens and can hit the baseball. And we've watched them, you know, we've watched every inning for, you know, years now. So we know what they're capable of. But I can't, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, I can't expect these uh, national, you know, these national play-by-play guys to necessarily they're not going to no. have that level of uh, a passion of a Steve Stone and a Jason Benetti because they're not, it's not. Now there's their the other team. part of it. There's the other part of what I was going to get at too, is we're pretty spoiled here as well. Uh, with the announcer, the announcing crews that we have had here over the years in Chicago, uh, I would venture to say, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me because a lot of people aren't fans of Jason Benetti. Uh, and I think those are just the folks that don't get his wit. Uh, you know, he's, he's a little, uh, he's, he's a, he uses a smarter brand of comedy, uh, which a lot of people aren't fans of. I get it. You know, it's a little dry at times, but, uh, you know, we're still talking about a guy who not only does White Sox games, but has been part of, uh, a lot of broadcasts nationwide because of how good he is and how respected he is. But, nationwide uh, you know, is on my, your side. Uh, hey, now you gotta uh, do it together. I'm not doing yeah, that. They're <laughs> yeah. They, they don't. When they start throwing <laughs> sponsor money at us, I'll go ahead and do it. But uh, you know, until that, till we see that check rolling in, we are not singing here. <laughs> but yeah, no. I was just gonna. Say, I'm just saying. You know, we're, we're pretty spoiled with with a lot of the the crews that we've had here over the years. And you you know, even if you don't like Jason, you have to recognize how amazing Steve Stone is. The guy is just extremely extremely baseball smart and uh you know he knows the game inside and out he knows a lot about not only the white Sox but every team the white Sox play he makes sure he's prepared and that's kind of what i was getting at with this broadcast oh yeah broadcast no jason these guys are not the prepared yeah he is these, these national broadcasts prepared. are not prepared yeah you no, know like jason benetti you know he could be doing uh a marshall versus Central Florida basketball game on ESPN on the Ocho. On the Ocho. And he knows <laughs> the backup point guard's life story. I mean, this guy is always prepared for everything. And right. that and, see that's one thing that we have as a uh, that we are lucky as a fan base that we have that guy and I you know, I am with you. I've seen lots of people that don't particularly care for Benetti's style of broadcasting and they don't uh, appreciate, you know, Sox math and whatever, but you cannot discount the professionalism that's there with him and, you know, respect him like he does his craft. Right. And that's why I, I still have, even though you made sense a couple minutes ago about deserving respect and all that, that's, I still have a hard time with these um, national broadcasters because we've seen Jason Minetti in other settings and if they could at least have half the professionalism that he has when he goes into these other jobs whether it's calling basketball football in with no name schools or 
other uh, professional sports teams that are way out of the Midwest that he knows so much. I don't get why more people. Yeah, right. If these national guys approach their job a, with half a of, tenth that, of that. Uh, right. We probably wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation right now. If they approach that with a, a quarter of the level of preparedness and respect for the game, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation right now. Yeah. Another thing, I I just wish some of these broadcast companies didn't hold on so much to the name of these guys. Like, they, they were good players. They're okay maybe in the booth. But after so long... I don't, you gotta start cutting ties and bringing in new people because not all, not enough of them are doing enough that they deserve to be in these things. No, look, if I, five, if I ten see, seasons, if I never see Aroid again, I think I would, I, I could live with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm there with you. Uh, if I never see him or Jessica Mendoza or uh, Chris Berman or. Uh, you know, Bob Costas was okay, but he's the guy who said Elroy. So, you know, like, you know, right. Jim Cott, 40, 40 acre field of him. Um, I love the graph. 40 the, acre so, field of Jim Cotts. Um, that game there, <laughs> that game they kept talking about how, how old Tony and Dusty were. And I also love that someone, I don't know if they talked about it on the TV or if someone just tweeted it out. They, or like today's combined age of the national broadcasters are two hundred and like sixteen years old. Costas, Cat, and what was it, Showalter? Yeah. Uh, just... Costas, Cot, and Showalter. Yeah, I mean, like each one of those guys is like seventy years old. So, I mean, it was like yeah. two hundred and twenty years old or something. Like Costas is eighty something, Cot's seventy something, and uh, Showalter also like right around. Uh, late 60s early 70s somewhere right around there as well so yeah, yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> it's it's uh one of those things you know we see uh we the, the unfortunate thing for us is that we've got benetti and we've got stone it's uh, it's yeah, unfortunate we, for us because when we get the national guys we're always going to be disappointed and there's no there's no way around it we've got two of the best guys so yeah, it is what it is. All right. Uh, I just want to take a moment here. We uh, we we crossed into the ten o'clock hour here a few minutes ago. We're a little a little more than an hour into our uh, Twitch broadcast here this evening, and uh, I just want to say that uh, guess what today is? Today is uh, Danny's gift subscription day. Oh, that is a good. So day. we're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and launch that for all of you guys that stuck around here with us for the first hour plus. Uh, this is completely random. I have no idea where it's going to go, so I'm just going to go ahead and hit the button and see where it lands. Who do we get? Who do we get? Who is it? Who is <laughs> it? <laughs> uh, to save your Sanchez. It's rigged. It's rigged. Uh, I, I swear this, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to stop doing this because uh, the last time, the last time I did it, my wife got it. Well, you know. Now Xavier gets it. Like, what in the actual? I swear it's not rigged. I just hit a button. It's completely random. Yeah. Uh, but hey, you know, welcome. Thanks for being our newest subscriber, Xavier. We really appreciate that. Yeah, way to go, Xavier. And thanks for the gift awesome. there, Danny Miller. That's that's fantastic. Um, right. I'm still right. I'm still new to some of these Twitch things on, on all of it. What do you uh, learning curve? 
Oh yeah. Well, you know. Oh, let's see. I gotta, I gotta change that. It's locked. I gotta change it. I gotta make it. Uh, uh, what's happening? What? What? What's? There we go. I had to, I had to get it to fit inside the window, because it bothers me when I look at it and it doesn't fit in the window because the name's longer. And for some reason, I can't uh, like it's supposed to have like a uh, a changing text size, and for whatever reason, I can never get it to actually do that. So um, whatever, I just did it manually, and it's done. Hey, man, it, it looks fantabulous. Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Ian Eskridge, the Eradicator, uh, for uh, staying on top of uh, all our uh, our Twitch duties here. He's uh he's 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 not only host he's producer, yeah. he's uh, a man of uh, many jobs. He wears many hats. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I just uh, <coughs> just mentioned to uh, Grimtall that I'm still working on the uh, the sub badges. Um, the plan is to have uh, escalating sub badges here. So uh, you know, basically, we'll start uh, with the one month. Will probably probably be like the uh, Cannonballers logo is my guess. Hey, and hey, then hey. Uh, start climbing up the ranks until you get to uh, full blown White Soxedness. So well, I like the way that sounds. Yeah, it'll be cool. Um, I have I have some taste in music. Um, he does have some taste in music. We've uh, we've had some moments uh, outside of Twitch here where uh, I'm uh, picking his brain about what he's got going on in the background there. So, um, yeah. All right, so um, see show Ian. What's that? You've seen a show or two? I've seen a couple concerts. Yeah. Like a couple 5,000 or something. <laughs> 5,000. Wow. Yeah. I just went to my well, for first. For those you don't know, uh, Ian is uh, toured as a, as a sound man for many, many years. So. Yeah. I just I... went to my first one during the COVID era the other day. Yeah. Who'd you go see? Uh, the Chicago Fire were hosting like a free event at the Metro with there's a couple DJs and then local rap artist Saba and uh, artist Knox Fortune and I like their music because I like rap music a lot. It was cool. It was free, so can't beat that. Yeah, I had. You, uh, you, you remind me of one of those thuggish rap. Yeah, you look like people. one of those guys. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. That's almost as bad as 40 acres and a mule. I'm just going to go ahead and stop myself right now. And we all know it's not, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, I had tickets to go see uh, Mr. Bungle and Fishbone. Uh, Whoa! At, uh, Radius. Uh, I don't think there are ago? too many people that even know who Mr. Bungle is, dude. Well, you know. Like I a, do. Yeah. Yeah, so a little little faith no more background there. Yeah, so they were playing. Uh, they did. Uh, they were supposed to do Riot Fest, and then uh, Mike Patton, their singer, just canceled. Uh, just canceled the whole thing. So uh, that show did not happen. Which I have to say, I might actually be uh, slightly relieved about that. Like it was kind of one of those things. Like uh, you know, having worked in concerts uh, in concert world. Um, I generally don't like uh, rubbing elbows with the plebes, you know, like I just don't want to rub up against other sweaty people. It's just not my thing. And uh, mm -hmm. especially in this uh, in this time of uh, Covis, I wasn't exactly sure. necessarily looking forward to uh, to hanging out with a bunch of 
you know, drunk idiots walking around drinking beers without masks on. I mean, it just didn't seem like uh, necessarily the best idea in the world. So I wasn't uh, too upset about it. Um, but that said, I would have really liked to have seen the show. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Fishbone since like 1994. So uh, that would have been interesting. And I've never seen Mr. Bungle. So that's uh, unfortunate. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. I mean, nice that you had made it at least a, an attempt, but uh, or well, I don't know. I guess I didn't know if you would call it an attempt. You were thinking about it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there are one of these. Yeah, that's exactly. You just stand. Everybody stands around the back of the room, and you actually have to work to find wall space because there's uh, a bunch of guys wearing uh, leather gauntlets laying up against the wall. Uh, you got their their arms crossed and maybe their foot against the wall. They looking the wall, very but... disapprovingly at everything that's around them, which I'm uh, that's uh, the kind of thing I'm into. Um, yeah. So, anywho, uh, back to uh, White Sox baseball. Um, oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so the uh, starters for Game Four. Um, came out today, and at least the starting pitchers anyway. And, uh, you know, we got rained out today, which is uh, unfortunato. Um, but yeah. uh, the starters for tomorrow are Carlos Rodon for the White Sox and Lance McCullers for making his second appearance in the series for the Astros tomorrow. Um are we happy about this? I see you making faces, Xavier. Go ahead and uh, hit us yeah. with your thoughts on that. I'm just thinking here. Um, I I know this is just I, – I hate to, like, skip a game and be like, uh, we win this, and then we got game five and don't have to face Lance McCullers away. I think if we had to pick where we would face him, I feel like he might be a little more comfortable here than him in front of his home crowd. He's – tends to do pretty well so i like it uh also to get rodon in there uh see what he's got for us see how he uh, especially in front of a home crowd he seems to kind of like radiate the energy from the crowd yeah you know absolutely i agree with that uh and i will just i'll expound on that a little bit and uh, i'll say yeah i agree with you a little bit on mccullers uh you know maybe getting them on short rest uh, which I guess it really isn't going to be that short of rest, you know, considering that, uh, you know, they did get the extra off day today because of weather, but that is slightly shorter than he's used to. Uh, maybe that has an impact on his game. Obviously the White Sox play much better at home. Uh, at least our record suggests they do, uh, this year. So that's always a good thing. And, uh, Houston doesn't play well during day games. So, you know, you combine all that together and maybe seeing McCullers tomorrow isn't such a horrible thing. But at the same time, I, it's still Lance McCullers and the White Sox don't really match up well against them. So uh, let's just hope that that home crowd kind of uh, does their thing. We're black people. Can't state that enough. Uh, and uh, go ahead and bring that energy to the stadium. And then as far as Carlos Rodon goes... My thought is, is, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are worried about Carlos Rodon because, obviously, uh, the velocity has been down 
a little bit here in the uh, the, the later part of the season. Uh, but we saw him his last start, and even though the velocity wasn't there, he still had uh, really good command. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he didn't give up a lot, uh, didn't walk a lot of guys, and looked pretty good. Uh, Tony and Ethan Katz are saying now that, uh, I don't know, maybe he's seemingly figured something out, and the velocity seems to be back up to about the 95, possibly even 96 range from what I was hearing earlier today on the radio. Um, but my thought is, is, you know, he throws some junk and he can paint some corners a little bit here and there. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what we need against this Astros team that likes to uh, tattoo anything out over the middle of the plate. That's got a little bit of uh, velocity on it and doesn't move. You know, we can't be going up there with, you know, Lance Lynn. We all know Lance Lynn. We talked about this earlier in the show. Lance Lynn's got, you know, three or four different heaters that he throws that, quite frankly, don't move a whole lot. And, uh, you know, this is the Astros team that's going to tattoo that every time. So uh, I think Carlos Rodon going out there is not a bad thing. Uh, and then, you know, you've always got, in my personal opinion, I think uh, they've been kind of staving off uh, Ronaldo Lopez for exactly this moment. If uh, Rodon can't get you more than a couple of innings, this is exactly where you use Ronaldo Lopez, especially since he's found all his breaking stuff again in the second half of the season. So, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel like any of this is a bad thing. Uh, and I would prefer not to see Lance Lynn uh, again this series. Till. Yeah, we've had this conversation. I mean, uh, you know, in private and, you know, a little bit on the stream here, but uh, Lance Lynn isn't exactly the ideal guy that you want uh going up against the the Astros just due to his his uh his arsenal. And um here's the thing. <laughs> With uh the first 3 games um 7 I, I believe it's 7 of the 15 walks that the Astros have gotten have scored. And the guys that are scoring are generally early in the game. That's been one of the biggest issues with the Sox pitching this series so far is that all the guys that they've walked early in the games have all scored and put the the offense in the hole right away. I mean, even for Cease yesterday, you know, he walks the walks the two guys in the second inning. Granted that uh, that first at bat to Alvarez should have been a should have been a strikeout. Uh, the uh, Hallion blew that uh, strike three call on that high that high slider, but regardless, he still ends up walking Alvarez uh, a couple pitches later, and then ends up walking uh, the guy that was up after him. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Maybe Correa, uh, but whoever it was, like he ends up walking a couple of guys, and then uh, you know uh, you get a. Uh, whatever their uh, right fielder. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Tucker. What's that? Tucker. Yes, Kyle Tucker, double. And then you end up having the Jake Myers single after that that drives in uh, Tucker. And uh, White Sox end up being down 3-1, to one, you know, in the second inning. And Cease gets bumped out in the second inning. And it's been the same thing for, you know, it was the same thing for Lynn, same thing for Giolito. The guys who they walk – always come in to score. I mean, it's like clockwork. 
and it's and I th I think if I could be wrong, but there's a few two out walks where that extend the inning even longer, and then they end up scoring at least one or two of yep. those. No, there's been the a few. Absolutely, that you're absolutely has killed correct. Not. Yeah, and as as mentioned in the chat as well is that uh, Hellion and uh, the game one umpire specifically uh, Adam Hamari. Yeah, uh, the second uh, the second umpire wasn't uh actually wasn't too terribly bad i didn't feel i felt he was pretty even uh on umpire scorecards it ended up being like plus uh 0.33 runs to the white Sox overall but i felt that uh the issues that the white Sox had in game two had nothing to do with the umpire's strike zone the white Sox got a few more calls in that game from the strike zone, but I felt that it was the offense that got a few more calls, not the pitching. The first game, right. I felt that uh, Hamari was all over the place uh, and kind of kind of ended up screwing uh, Lynn a little bit uh, with some of those calls earlier in the game. And then yesterday, Hallion was all over the place. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was fairly equal. I felt, I was you know, say he was bad for both sides. He was really you. bad for both. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, no bueno. Yeah. And that's another thing. I, I don't want to, I don't want to stay on this for too long, but you know, we were talking about umpire sports, uh, scorecards and things of that nature. Aren't these, uh, postseason umpires, don't they make it into the postseason by grading? Yeah, isn't it, isn't it based on their grading? supposed to be yeah and yet we're still seeing some really awful stuff out there is that just the state of umpiring as a whole you know it really been, is been, and i calling for uh the, the robot umps for the last couple of years there now yeah you can see bender bender behind the plate with a mask on you know yeah i i will say that uh hamari um the uh the game one umpire is technically he's one of the better umpires in major league baseball and he kind of had a wandering strike zone for the first couple innings that really ended up kind of uh, screwing up Lynn. And, um, you know, he kind of settled down later on in the game, just like the pitching did kind of. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're supposed to be the best of the best. And if you actually – actually, I was really surprised. Uh, yeah, Hellions, Hellions was 1.23 for the Sox, but – the thing was is if you looked at like some of the at bats, the White Sox got called out in key situations just like the Astros did. I didn't feel like it was as uh you know, as bad. Yeah, no Angel Hernandez is oh. in the playoffs and I don't really understand that. But Joe West is in the playoffs and uh he was the first game of uh I think Dodger what was he? He was uh he was Cardinals uh Cardinals Dodgers game. Joe West was the home plate umpire, I believe. And he actually, I think he called like 98% on that game. And he actually was, he actually had a really good game. Oh, he's trying to get it all. He's trying to get it right for his farewell tour. Huh? Yeah, exactly. He's trying to actually look halfway decent and not uh, kick everybody out. So kudos to him, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. An another thing that we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, when it came, when it came to those walks, a lot of times it seemed like on the, the Astros, like comparing the two hitting, the Astros always seem to find like the perfect spot. Up there's a bunch that went straight up the middle, and then the White Sox they had I think it must have been twenty twenty one straight singles, 
and a lot of these balls were just they were hard hits and unfortunately it was right to the player enough to get a single but they weren't really able to advance much further so i'm hoping moving forward we start to see a luck that Yasmani Grandal kind of broke us through. We got our first extra base hit, and we got a few more, but they're going to need a lot more to uh, win tomorrow's game. What's up, yeah, I you know, Ivan? How you doing? Hey, Ivan. Uh, just to uh, kind of go off what you were talking about there, Xavier, uh, Ian and I are actually part of uh, uh, another chat that's uh, full of uh, writers and bloggers that uh, are, you know, kind of uh, – all over the place, different websites and podcasts and things of that nature. And uh, in that chat, yeah, Mr. Eskridge uh, pointed out that, uh, yes, a lot of those hits did go right up the middle and away from Sox players, and they made some key hits when after these guys had, you know, drawn their walks to, uh, you know, score some runs. And uh, I believe it was last night, was it, Ian, that you mentioned that the White Sox finally, finally shift their guys up the middle when Houston Houston's uh looking like they might threaten and when it just so happens that Aaron Bummer doesn't let anybody hit the ball when they finally do it yep they didn't uh, they didn't get they didn't get solid wood on like any of his pitches didn't put any into play uh except for that uh I think that last uh was it Kyle Tucker grounded out to uh Cesar Hernandez or whatever I think it was Cesar Hernandez. It was a Cesar, it was either uh, Hernandez or uh, to first base. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, uh, it sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, if you um, and I think it was and, and to be honest, I think that the only time that they actually uh, shifted, um, yeah, Cesar to first. Yeah, so I think the the actual uh, the only time that they actually shifted was for Bregman up the middle. I don't think the other uh I don't think on the other guys they shift I, if they did they shifted Tim up the middle because uh I saw that uh they bumped uh Cesar Hernandez closer to second base when Bummer was pitching. Um just to Bregman. I didn't see it for the other guys, but the other guys were also left-handed, so Right. You know, if right. you if you would have seen it it would have been Tim over. So Yeah, Bummer and Tapera yesterday were Lights out. And uh, Tapera, now a uh, proud owner, uh, speaking of gauntlets, he is the proud owner of the uh, the White Sox bullpen gauntlet for being the last guy in the bullpen to strike out the side. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, Kimbrell also. I mean, granted, he only saw one guy. And uh, <laughs> I have to say that uh, Kimbrell coming into the game yesterday. So um, I was on Twitter last night, and um, Kimbrell was warming up next to Hendricks. And uh, was talking to uh, Herb from 670 to score, and he had uh, he had tweeted about um, having Kimbrel come in and uh, face the uh, face the third. Uh, who was it? Uh, it was uh, the third guy in that inning. I can't. It's escaping me. I'd have to look back at the uh, at the lineup. But he was coming in to face the third guy in that inning. And uh, the thing that I was worried about is he said, oh, well, you know, you just bring him in for the one guy. And I said, well, yeah, the only problem with that is that you've got the three batter minimum now. 
And you can't if he just doesn't get that one guy. He's got to stay for the next two. Exactly. If it's 2011, <laughs> you can bring Kimberlin, and if he blows it to the first guy he pitches to, no big deal. You can bring in another guy that you've got right behind him. You could bring Hendrickson to get the four save. You know, the the four uh, batter save. The issue now we've got the three batter minimum, so you can't uh, just you know if Kimbrel screws screws the pooch on the on the first batter and gives up a solo home run, then gives up a, a single and a double to the next couple of guys, and you're only up nine to six at that particular point. Um, the issue becomes then you know you have to you have to let him pitch to three. So that was that was my only uh, issue last night. Or uh, worry, I guess. Um, he did hang yeah, a slider. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. And, I, you know, I had a little bit of a. Uh, I, I puckered. A little bit. I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say that. I puckered a little bit when uh, when I saw that. Uh, I don't don't really feel great about it. But you know, he came in and he got the job done for that one batter. Yeah, and, and of I mean, course, you know, that was the uh, the last out of the eighth inning. So, uh, you know, Liam's gonna come out fired up. I mean, I was hoping that Liam was going to come out. Guys. Well, <laughs> good point. Because, uh, yeah, you know, Tony, uh, I don't know. if I, I think he might he might feel like he's playing check, uh, chess at sometimes, you know, by doing things that aren't by the book or maybe, you know, shouldn't be done. And maybe I'm fooling somebody by doing these things. I don't really know what the thought process is. But when the rest of us are kind of going, uh, no, and I know, you know, probably 85% of uh, the White Sox fandom is, you know, pulling their hair out, screaming at the TV and throwing things around their house. But, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, hoping that uh, Hendricks was going to be the guy coming out. And, well, you know, luckily enough, it was. And, uh, you know, he did his job. Yeah, I mean, if if he brings out Kimbrel to start the ninth, I lose my mind. Oh, absolutely. Because he has to minimum, you know, he has to at least minimum at that point pitch to the first two batters of that inning. So, the fact that he allowed oh. him to end that inning on a positive note and then brought Liam in for the ninth, despite the fact that at that point then it was uh, a nine uh, or a six run lead, uh, you know, taking the uh, save situation off the books. Um, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, and that's that's the thing, Ivan, is they brought him in to give his guy a a redeemer also Leuri um giving them both that that chance at that redemption and uh you know uh, Tony okay, does do that he does like to do that he likes to keep his guys confident which he gives them the he gives them the shot to redeem themselves and get themselves back on track and I'm hoping that we, that's where we got Leuri got his redemption with a three run uh banger can we can we see somebody else now? Can can somebody else have a chance? Can somebody else have a turn? Yes. I, I don't can know. somebody I'll else be redeemed, please? <laughs> I'd like to turn in my voucher for a different kind of redemption, please. Um, yeah, True Sayer says I was completely confident Kimbrel has flipped the switch okay. again with this nah. stinking switch. I want I want the <laughs> I want the switch to be completely flipped, not just partially flipped for one game and then unflipped. Just saying. Uh, oh. Instead of rally caps for uh, next season and this season, I'm I'm trying to get a hold of the White Sox marketing. We want a, a flip the switch thing. It's I don't know what it's gonna look like, but that's what I'm we're working with. 
get a get a White Sox hat with a light switch built into it. That'd be kind of fun. Hey. Flip that stinking switch. Um, Just the can we can we get the White Sox caps that like light up the logo? You know, we got like the little. Uh, I think oh, you can go to Chinatown and get one of those. Device. Those little fiber optic. Uh, yeah, exactly. You go to Chinatown, you can find the hat with the little fiber optic uh, socks logo on it. Pretty, sh- yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, we can just. It's just we, right can around just the corner. A, can we just get a giveaway game like that where there's, you know, 40,000 people on the stands with these things on their head? Oh, Adam Eaton. No. no. I like a Grimtall says, you know, we're talking about uh, Kimbrell and, and Hendricks in the ninth inning, and you. you you're hoping that uh, you know after Kimbrel gets his his one out in the eighth that uh, it's it's going to be Liam, but you you hope for Liam and you end up with Ruiz. Yeah, that uh, that high leverage guy, Jose Ruiz, my favorite. Yeah, you, you know Kendall. He, Kendall says Adam Eaton on this roster feels like two years ago, and you know I have to kind of agree. How long does this season feel? Like I I personally. Am feeling this 162 game grind personally. Like I am feeling it. I feel like this season has gone on for flipping ever. And you've been through the mud. You went to the minors too. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That that was. Oh. There was some of that was uh, some of that was pretty rough as well. But uh, you know, yeah, I agree. No, no redeeming uh, Adam Eaton. I am uh, man. If I never see that guy again. I'll be super yeah, stoked. His his switch has been officially shut off. We we cut the power line for him. Yeah, Comed came and took took the ability to turn that switch back on completely away from us. He do, yeah, he does grind on you. He you know, like that's what they say about him now is that he's a grinder. He's got grit. It's like uh you know, like uh 20 grit sandpaper. You know, he just wears away at you. Yeah, you know, it, it feels like two years ago that uh, your mean Mercedes was uh, tearing up the league. Yeah, I, and speaking of your mean, um, I, I'd, I'd have to say that's uh, that's probably why he came into Midway because he wasn't playing with the White Sox. He would have been flown in Doher if he was playing with the White Sox. <laughs> 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 They're flying him in on Southwest. I don't think. Uh, Jet Blue, here you go, buddy. Spirit <laughs> Airlines. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, you get a you get direct TV feed in the back of your seat on Jet Blue. So there's Do that. You? Yeah. Uh, Spirit, you got to pay for all your bags separate and uh, everything future, else. Oh, yeah. could you could you imagine? <laughs> Grimtall says, <laughs> future stocks broadcaster with our luck. Could you imagine oh. if next year? <laughs> <laughs> the White Sox roll out a three-man booth, and the, the second color guy is eaten. Good mm. God! Oh man, I would. Uh, oh, that would be that, the I, worst. I don't imagine that would be very colorful. <laughs> or, 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 or uh, even better yet, for the uh, to pair uh, Len DJ and Adam Eaton. Yikes! Oh. oh. It, okay, now you're making you're making a uh, a play for the uh, the national broadcast. Well, see, the thing is, is that uh, you know I know that he's got a mortgage to pay, so um, you know Eaton's got to continue to work because he's got that mortgage to pay. So, um, Jason would fight him. That would be hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh, look at that! It's uh, what is that? Oh. Uh, K O C K sandwich is now following. Fantastic! It's wow. That's a uh, that's a heck of a <laughs> heck of a screen name too, man. Hey, man, you gotta you gotta. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something. <laughs> well, thanks for but, the follow. Yeah, uh, but thanks for the follow sandwich. and welcome to the broadcast. Um, yeah. So, anywho, we have way too much fun here, man. Way too much. <laughs> yeah, Eaton would bring an outfielder's perspective. Yeah, that that is that is entirely true. And you know what? Uh, I'm still uh, actually that might be uh, that might be Eaton's burner account name down there. <laughs> entirely possible. Um, hey, Adam Eaton, welcome to the show. <laughs> First time, first time caller, long time listener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is this? What, what is this outfielder's perspective he's bringing? Is that the uh, the uh, he's bringing the perspective from the IR? Yeah, he, like uh, Bacon yeah. brings a hitter's perspective. You get your outfielder's perspective with Adam Eaton. That is entirely yeah. true, Ivan, and fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kendall says uh, if we want to get to fifty thousand followers on uh, on the Twitch. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have guys like this, you know. Hey, you uh, know. Adam Eaton burner accounts, you know. Right on. So, right uh, on. bring it. Bring a woman with a socks head on and have her lick the microphone. Oh yeah, we could totally do. Uh, we could do an ASMR, uh, <laughs> Twitch stream for those of you that don't know what that is. That's the. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it a, a fetish or what I'd call it, but it's like the weird thing. It's like that weird tingle that you get when uh, somebody whispers in your ear. Uh, it's that kind of a thing. And uh, and we could also start doing hot tub streams. I know that uh, I know that oh, the, I know I know the one oh eight's got uh, got uh, got that on lockdown. But, uh, you know, there's hot yeah, tub streams. You know, seeing seeing beef loafs, uh hair dicky. Uh, sticking out of the, uh, the the top of the hot tub water is always a a, a fun fun stream. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I you know, um, I don't have a hot tub, so there's also that. So we'd have to find a place wow. to broadcast, and you know, the big one got banned today. Who's that? Is that uh, uh, the what's her name? Uh, is it Am Amaranth or something or? Uh, What's that other one's name? Uh, this went off the rails. Yeah, well, you know, like we're talking about. Uh, this is this is what happens when you get uh, when you get followers with names like that. She is on right now. Okay, so who was it then? I don't I don't know uh, I don't know who these uh, I don't know who these who the uh, quote unquote big one is. Amaranth. Oh, so it is Amaranth. The only reason oh. I remember that name is because somebody mentioned it in a chat I was in earlier today. And that's the only reason I can remember that one. Who's uh? I know there's another one. Is it a Pokimane or something? Oh, yeah. I guess I guess we could talk about this as well. The uh, White Sox Dave versus John Cusack. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect this to come up tonight, but you let's know, go for it. <laughs> I I was thinking about it earlier, and I was like, eh, you know. I, we could talk about it if it comes up, if it's brought up. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, for you you that don't know, um, I have <laughs> not watched the video. Um, I know that uh, – so yesterday at the White Sox game, um, apparently um, <laughs> that uh, White Sox Dave ran into John Cusack at the uh, – some, somewhere in the White Sox game. I don't even know where he ran into him, but uh, – I think outside the stadium. Was it outside? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, from like the quotes that I've seen and from what I've seen on Twitter from actual John Cusack, uh, things did not go well for Dave. No. Um, I did see a picture of uh, six foot two John Cusack towering over uh, five foot five uh, White Sox Dave, uh, or however tall he is. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, I don't uh, know how tall he is, but let's just say Cusack looks like a freaking giant. Compared to White Sox Dave, yeah. Yeah, yeah. White, White Sox Dave's shorter. He's shorter than me, and I'm not even tall. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how tall he is, but I, I hear people joke about it. But then again, people joke about Nick Merckx, uh, one of the top streamers on Twitch here, about him being five foot two. So, you know, it could just be one of those things that uh, – you know, it's just uh, done all in good fun. Hey, uh, Ivan's asking you to bum him a smoke, Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I, I don't know what it is about these streams, man. I I don't know if it's just I'm sitting here and it's it's the hand-to-mouth physical thing, but I do. I chain them up when we're doing our streams here. Yeah, I think I need I, to. Uh, it might just be Whatever the, happened uh, to Steve from uh, Frontline Cigars? I need to get in touch with that guy. Yeah, where is that guy? Yeah, he's, he's around. Right, he's MIA. Yeah, I, I see him on, I, you know, every once in a while I do see him on, uh, I see him on Twitter, but uh, I haven't the, seen him in here in a while. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure that there's like uh, all sorts of uh, interesting things going on in his life as well. So, um, but need it for my Bacardi and OJ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Patricia Arquette also involved in this whole thing. I did see her tweet at John Cusack saying, saying something you know like uh i mean i'm just saying from her response to the uh to the tweets that i saw um it seems to me that patricia arquette is kind of naive uh to to uh what goes on on twitter and uh people getting roasted and especially she is a hundred percent ignorant to uh to who White Sox Dave is and how much he gets dragged on Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it should be, you know, for everybody else, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's no, uh, it's no surprise, um, to oh, see him Lord. get dragged a little bit. And, uh, I will say though, <laughs> from the, uh, from the, the Twitter, uh, back and forth between Dave and, uh, John Cusack, it is entertaining. Um, lots of swearing and, uh, Stuff like that. Definitely worth uh definitely worth a look. If you haven't seen it, go find it. You know, go go do your little do, do your, use your little magic and use your little search uh your search button on the on the on the old tweet machine and, and find that because it is uh it is quite fun. I I did that. see that John Cusack said something about Mike Squires and uh on a retort tweet uh from White Sox, Dave. He did say, "I do know who Billy Squires is." And <laughs> Billy, Billy Squire. 
<laughs> and, you know, I, I've heard Billy Squire's song since I was like, I don't know, like 10 years old or something. Uh, and I, just I did just. Me, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And uh, Lonely is the Night. And uh, yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of songs. But I did just learn today that uh, due to this very thing, I learned how Billy Squire's career was essentially because I was thinking I was looking at uh, I brought up on uh, iTunes music. I, uh, on Apple Music, I brought it up, and I saw that like all of the hits that I knew by him were all off the same record. <laughs> and I was like, this guy had like four huge hits, and they were all on the same record. Where the hell did this guy go? So Maybe I looked it up, and I find out that the guy's entire career was basically derailed by a, a music video that he did. And I was like, how could this possibly happen that a guy with all these huge hits all on the same record never has a hit again? And then I watched the music video. And now I understand why his career was ended. <laughs> it was uh, to say that it was uh, uh, embarrassing would be uh, a slight understatement. Uh, this video was uh, pretty stinking terrible. All right, so we got a uh, a link here in the chat uh, about the uh, Cuban baseball players defecting. Uh, let's take a look at that. Uh, Cuba lashes out after young baseball players defect in Mex Mexico. What, they drive their 1963 cars across the Gulf of Mexico? <laughs> what did they do? Uh, I, I, how did they lash out? Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm looking up. Slammed, oh. slammed the missing players for weak morals and ethics. I see. Uh, Kendall saying that that link was a mistake, oh. and the real link he was trying to that. share was the uh, was the, the the New York Times. You uh, <laughs> must have had that one from last week. Barstool confronts John Cusack over White Sox fandom. Uh. The the thing with that, like their back and forth, it, it's. John Cusack was like trying to belittle, as, as, like how everyone goes back and forth with White Sox Dave. He was trying to belittle him and act like he's a bigger deal. And I don't like J John Cusack. I think the guy sucks. But uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's funny for a guy to say how much he doesn't care about White Sox Dave. He spent the whole day tweeting about uh, from the time the game was going on last night to like. Even within the last few hours, I think there might still be posts. Well, you know, I guess John Cusack isn't doing anything different than anybody else does, to be honest with you. Because uh, it seems like once yes. that, Dave gets into people's, he gets into he gets, he gets into their crawl a little bit, and he kind of sticks there for a little while. And I guess like when you don't have too many big deal acting gigs, you got all the time in the world. Well, you know, there's that. And then, you know, he gets drug over the coals, like, I don't know, three or four times a day. <laughs> I just people are starting to like share all the obviously he went to like Cubs games before and wore Cubs hats but now they're even showing him in Cardinals hats he's been to Cardinals games when they were a hot team yeah I, I mean I don't know I will say you know I do I guess he just uh, likes fun I do enjoy some of John Cusack's movies um I like the uh, one where he's. Uh, I I did see one. I like the radio one. 
High fidelity. High fidelity. But I like Joan Cusack better. I think she's quirky and has a lot of funny roles. Yeah, I, I will say better. high fid, high high fidelity, high infidelity, high infidelity, fidelity, whichever one it is. Uh, I did mm-hmm. uh, I did like that movie and also uh, Gross Point Blank, where actually Joan Cusack is his secretary, uh, and he plays a hitman. Uh, and that that movie is uh, pretty good as well. Um, okay, those were the two I've seen. I think one weekend they were both suggested to me. So only those two on top of my head. You not seen Better Off Dead then? Better Off Dead yeah. is an absolute two dollars. Two dollars. You've seen? I I guarantee you, you've seen the uh, the the gif on uh, on Twitter or on Facebook or something. Two dollars. The little little it's, kid. It's an old one, but yeah. uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the the Howard Cosell, uh, the Asian Howard Cosell uh, wannabe guys uh, are uh, some oh, of my yeah. favorite. Yeah, the race car guys. Yeah, that, that's yeah. yeah. No, it's it's definitely worth a watch. It, it's funny. Um, and to yeah. answer White Sox premium K. Uh, I've seen Hot Tub Time Machine, but I think I saw it once when it came out. So like, it wasn't that memorable to me. You know the street value of this mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's what was that? Here we go. All right, so I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna. I like how Dave's not even like looking at him. He's just like kind of looking at his shoulder. Yeah, I'm gonna just go ahead and bring up the picture for everybody, just in case anybody hasn't seen it, just because it's uh. It's kind of humorous, um, but that's that's as far as I'm going to go with this just because I don't want to perpetuate this nonsense much more than it already is, but it's yeah. but, it, but it is kind of funny. Um, all right, what the heck did I do with that? There it is. There we go. So uh, there is the, uh, the aforementioned uh, White Sox Dave, and yes, that is that is indeed outside. That is the uh, the White Sox Dave and uh, John Cusack uh, little brouhaha. I do uh, I did see like it. There was like a, a string of like fifteen twenty tweets against each other. So uh, I do know that uh, there's something serious going on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 not uh, let's not beat up on this too much more. But you know, obviously, you guys get a good you, you get a good look at the picture, and uh, you know, Cusack looks like he's ready to punch him. <laughs> yeah. And Dave's like, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to tell you, man, you you can't you, you can't be a fan of the White Sox when you're at the Cubs game every day, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it just goes along with this, you know. The thing that you see, like everywhere, anyway, you know, everybody trying to give each other fan lessons, and everybody's a better, everybody's a Betty, uh, a better fan than uh, than everybody else, and the way that they fan is much, much better or much more smart than how you fan, and I'm going to tell you how to fan, and uh, yeah, I'm just not really into the uh, into the whole uh, fan lesson thing. Yeah. Um, I- that's what I was saying. I, I don't mind if you go wa- watch either game or whatever. Um, and I guess even if you want to see the other team succeed just to better your city and have a little bigger b- boost of morale. Um, but 
In the case of John Cusack, I'm giving the okay. Uh, you, you can go after him. I just don't like the guy. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I have no issue with John Cusack showing up at a game. Uh, put a couple dollars in Jerry's pocket so maybe he'll spend a few bucks on some uh, off-season acquisitions for us this year. Yeah, if he yeah. wants to bankroll another player edition, I'm okay with that, I guess. Yeah, um, right on. Um, exceptions. There's always exceptions. Um, as I've always said, money talks to an extent. All right. So, uh, what else we got on the, on, on the plate for uh, the last few minutes of the show here? Well, you know, we're having fun. Maybe maybe this won't be the last few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, he took a... F- ticket away from a real fan well i mean whatever like and jerry will make room for more he, he even put a deck of seats on the fan like children's deck for this last series was that what was and up there i didn't even pictures. i didn't even look to see what was up there was yeah actually? james uh james fegan if that's how it's pronounced he tweeted out a picture of uh, a set of bleacher seats oh, on the deck there oh up on the fundamentals deck there up i have the not seen that deck. Well, there you go. That's uh, crafty. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people like baseball, and uh, they like to watch winning baseball, which, you know, understood. You know, not wanting to sit through, uh, you know, bad baseball for <laughs> five years. I completely understand that as well because it can get painful. Um Anyone know what the pregame video was? No, I heard something about I heard something about it, but I did not see what it was. So I'm not entirely sure. Um seats on Planet Reinsdorf. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> they did a blackout thing. Oh well. Maybe they should have told the idiots that showed up in white shirts about that blackout. Oh. Again, how do you not? How do you not know? How do you sit in the scout seats? The scout seats. How do they allow them to sit there, knowing that they're going to be on TV <laughs> all game long, and not say, "Hey, you paid five hundred or six hundred dollars for the seat. We're going to give you uh, one of our ten dollar T shirts that we had made. We're going to eat the ten dollars. Put this stupid T shirt on so you're not wearing pink and bright red, sitting right behind home plate, or here." Here's a garbage bag. Put that on over what you're wearing. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the old, something. Uh, give me a, give me a break. The, the, the poor man's poncho. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, let me, let me look at this here right quick. Uh, and I've wow. got the wrong stinking thing up. Cause I, oh, oh, cause I did yeah. that. All right. So, Hey, look at that. John Cusack wearing all black. So, you know, and he's even wearing fingerless gloves. I didn't even notice that before. Only tough guys wear fingerless gloves like that when they're not at the gym, at least. Well, he he skied the K2, man. He took the red line. He (laughs) needed them. If I learned anything from the A-team, it's that only tough guys wear fingerless gloves. Not at the gym. Pity the fool. Uh, don't eat my cereal. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the M&M guy. Is, is there a black M&M's car? Grimtall, you should know that. 
You would uh, no, there's not. No? There no, should be. There I, should be like a I black on black M&M's, or uh, a black on with like a ghost flames or something. I'm uh, a NASCAR I'm a car. Guy. I don't remember ever seeing it. There may have been one, now that I think about it. But I, you know, the, uh, the M&M's paint job has changed a few times, but it's always been bright colors, as far as I can remember. So, yeah. Um, so we got, uh, just to, uh, you know, cause we got a few minutes left here. Uh, Rodon, um, pitching. Do you like the matchup with the lost velocity? Like you said, maybe he has the extra velocity back, but for the fact that he's being more crafty, uh, like he was last, uh, last week with the lower velocity, I think it actually is a, uh, not a bad matchup. Um, and then we're facing McCullers, so we're going to be seeing uh, nasty breaking pitches. Um, White Sox at home played much better at home. Um, so DG Pilot 3 asks, who you wanting to pitch game five? Um, what do you think I about think I would go. I think I would go back to Luke on this one, uh, you know. Again, with the uh, the travel day, and I don't know, do they do they they kind of make that a, a quick overnight travel now because of the uh, the post moment of the rain game? Do yep. we go? Do we go back to back? Uh, yep. Tuesday, Wednesday now. Yep. So, but still, with the postponement of today's game, I think uh, you know that gives uh, it gives Lucas plenty of uh, rest, and uh, I think I would go back with him. Like I said earlier in the stream. I prefer not to see Lance Lynn again just because we all know what to expect from him. And it's going to be a, a heavy diet of one of his, you know, 17 different fastballs. And, you know, we know what Houston does with the fastball. So I would hope that, uh, you know, we get Luke game five. But, uh, you know, that remains to be seen if that's what uh, Tony's going to do. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm all for seeing uh... – all for seeing Julito in Game Five, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I've also heard uh, that, uh, and I don't know what you know what kind of how much factually we're talking here is that Lynn would also be uh, considered to take up after Rodon. I don't know if I buy that one bit. Um, I would think that Lopez would probably come out before you'd bring Lynn out. Would be my guess. That's my hope. That's my hope, especially, you know, like we've been saying. Again, this is all goes back to Houston being a fastball-hitting club, the best fastball-hitting club in baseball. And uh, we know that uh, Raylo throws some junk up there. And I think I'd rather see that than uh, Lance Lynn hucking and chucking, you know, 98-mile heaters. Yeah, and I mean, as we had, you know, as we mentioned earlier, that – you know, Lance Lynn's last five or six outings since he came back from the uh, IL stint is that he's been, you know, and even like I think even the start beforehand, uh, he was only getting to like five innings usually with 100 pitches as opposed to, you know, earlier on in the season where, you know, you're sitting there seeing him into the seventh, eighth inning minimum every time for the first, you know, 15 starts of the year or whatever. So, um yeah, so uh, Ivan mentions that uh, boys have to be patient and pick good pitches, swing at the first pitch strikes, and 
Kendall also mentions that Eloy has to stop with the first pitch swinging, and uh, I could not agree more yeah. with that They're assessment. They're going to throw him that down and away slider or hook every single time because they know he's going to chase yeah, it and every single time. Yeah, chases it and misses it by a foot and a half trying to pull it. Yeah. And then he has this look on his face every time like, oh, got me again. <laughs> well, you know. Shocker. Uh, it, you know, if you're not shocked by that, do something about it, bro. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's just he's got to stop swinging at that crap. I don't I don't know uh, exactly like where this whole thing started where he just automatically swings at the first pitch every time because he didn't used to do that. Um and it hasn't produced any results for him. So I don't understand why he continues to do it since it hasn't been working for him for the last week and a half or whatever, since he started doing that. Um, I know he's probably, you know, he's trying to uh, get himself out of that little slump that he got into after, uh, after his little hot streak when he came back from the uh, quick time off. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Abreu doing it. Yeah. Abreu has been swinging at the, uh, at the first pitch, um, you know, has been swinging at the first pitch a little bit more because, you know, one of those things was, you know, you, every time there was one thing that you could always count on, and that was Jose Abreu watching the first pitch. And it would always be a, a fastball right down the middle, and he would never swing at it. You know, and uh, and now he's kind of flipped the script on that, but the unfortunate thing is that, uh, you know, hasn't been a whole lot of uh, stuff to hit on those first pitches as of late. Lance Lynn yeah. is the... And he's still getting plunked. Yeah, he got hit again he's the too, other night. I mean, come Jeez, on. Louise, I mean, this man. guy, he is just battered this season. Just absolutely battered. Enough's enough. Lance is the largest human being I've met. I thought Gio was huge. Well, Gio's tall, but the thing is, is that Gio's not... Uh, he's not... Um, he's formidable. <laughs> he's Yeah, he's just not as... Uh, he's not as thick, you know? Um, well, yeah, I mean, they do call Lance Lynn Tonka. Yeah, you know? he's and a for big those dude. of you who are older than, you know, 25, I'm sure you guys know what a Tonka truck is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Geo is not probably in the same, uh, he's not in the same realm of beanpole as, you know, say Chris Sale. Yeah. But uh, he's definitely not Lance Lynn size. You know, yeah, Lance no. Lynn, uh, yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. When I stood when I stood next to Mike Rodolfo, um, that was the time where I was like, "Okay, that's a large, large man." I mean, the dude's arms were like the though. size of my legs. I mean, that dude right. is massive. Um, I got when I when I was in uh, up in Dubuque for school, they had at the Field of Dreams like actual site. They would play like a softball or no, it was baseball between like people could pay to play in it but it would be against like former major league baseball players and like people from like the sandlot or the the league of their own and they would stay in a hotel in dubuque and one of the players there that weekend was jose canseco uh, <laughs> i went down to the hotel just to, like check it out because it's like wow these guys are in dubuque iowa it's do they do this often they do it every year. They had to wait. They took it off the last two years, but they do it every year. It's a cool event. I, yeah, no, I went sure. to it. Wake Boggs does it every year. 
he's drinking all day long. But I was in, I was rummaging through my backpack. I brought a camera down to take some photos. I had a couple cards that I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to get them signed. I get up, I bump into just briefly, uh, Jose Canseco. That human was large. His bicep was probably the size of my face. Yeah, I was no, like, holy he's shit, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's a he's a large man. I mean, there's there's some of these guys that are just like. If you see them in person, you're like, oh, wow, they really are huge. You know, it's like you see the baseball cards and you're like, oh, yeah, he looks pretty big. And you see him in real life and you're like, oh, OK. And it's like if you run into uh, Big Cat Williams, like that dude is a mountain of a man. He's just massive. Um, uh, old Tonka trucks. Have, do I ever have relatives of players on chat? Um not as of yet. Um, we've had uh, I've had uh, some interviews with some of the uh, with a few minor league guys and uh, broadcaster from the uh, the Birmingham Barons. Um, but uh, yeah, that's about it so far. Um, we're uh, I don't know. Eventually, we're gonna be we'll probably working on some things on the off season here. Yeah, we'll sure. we'll end up getting uh, some guys know. in. Most of these guys are uh, pretty busy at the moment, if you could imagine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, uh, they're probably they don't have a whole lot of time for uh, Twitch streaming, but uh, we're gonna work on us. Yeah, we, you know, stick around. There are some things uh, in the plans, so just hang tight. We're not gonna talk too much about that yet, but uh, you know, we've uh, we we've been working on. Uh, a few guys that you know we're still kind of keeping our fingers crossed. We we're not going to promise anything yet, but uh, we'll we'll get somebody in here. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I I got uh, got a couple of guys that I could probably reach out to to get them on. And one of those things, you know, wait till the off season. Hopefully, we can get some of them to uh, come and hang out. You know, when it's not uh, baseball season. Hopefully, we can uh, get them to talk about all the nonsense going on down in the. Uh, the miners. I don't know if we'll be able to get any of the uh, any of the big guns on. That'll take a little bit more work, I think. Maybe not yet, but uh, yeah. you know, we'll start with the we'll start with some of the uh, the lesser uh, pursued gentlemen, and uh, you know, once they once they they spread the word on how awesome we are, you know, we'll uh, we'll, we'll get some of the uh, the more common names. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, no, I was thinking. Yeah, uh, so I mean, there, Ivan, there are a few a few of the guys that I've talked to um, about coming on here for this thing. Uh, a couple of the uh, the miners guys, and uh, I've talked to a couple of guys from a couple of different places. Uh, names that you would recognize. I just you know I'm not gonna mention it now, just due to the uh, you know uncertainty of of uh, what time or what day or whatever that I have them on. But there's definitely going to be um, – I talked to one guy about it already, about doing a uh, uh, a minor league uh, ranking show. And uh, I kind of wanted to do things a little bit different than the way that uh, most of the other uh, – most of the other publications slash, uh, you know, podcast guys do it. And uh, the guy that I talked to seemed like he was into it, so uh, probably have like some sort of a thing. Um, 
like I said, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to happen. I kind of wanted to wait wait for the uh, the whole uh, for the season to be over because I want to see what ends up happening with the uh, with the 40 man roster before I start uh, doing that stuff because we know that there's going to be a bunch of uh, a bunch of roster movement with the White Sox uh, because there are so many guys that are hitting Rule Five status uh, that there has to be. Um, a significant amount of movement. So I wanted to see what happened yeah, with some of that be, stuff. There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be left unprotected, yeah. and it's unfortunate, but some of those guys uh, are going to get picked up somewhere down along the way. So uh, it is what it is. But yeah, you can't protect everybody. And, you know, uh, it's not like we're new to uh, interviewing some folks. We haven't had anybody on the show, but – uh, you guys can always go check out WhiteSoxDaily.com and uh, look back at some of the past stuff. Uh, Xavier's done some interviews with some guys. Uh, Ian has done some interviews with some guys. Uh, Patrick, Patrick did. Uh, Jake Berger and uh, somebody else. Uh, I'm not off so, the top of my uh, head. They weren't exactly on podcasts or streams, but they were. Uh, there were some conversations had. So you guys can go back and check some of those out, and I'm sure we'll be doing a little bit more of that in the future as well. So, but we will definitely be working on getting some of these guys on the show as well. Yeah. So, <clears throat> everybody is obviously certainly welcome back. We appreciate uh, we uh, appreciate the sport, uh, the support, sport, sport support, um, especially from uh, our latest yeah, follower. Slayer <laughs> lyrics there. Support the sport. Sport. Oh, sorry, support the war. Support the war. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways. War support. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter, um, you'll see uh, all sorts of uh, White Sox highlights and uh, White Sox minor league highlights. Um, not so much anymore as the minor league season is completely over, which is uh, a bummer, but, uh, you know, happens every year. And uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, who's the reporter that was stoking the Guillen? Williams feud uh Joe Cowley I don't remember maybe it was Joe Cowley I don't know was this recent thanks DG yeah. pilot we enjoyed having you in thanks for uh thanks for popping on um yeah I had yeah Cowley. so uh w we'll see uh oh Jay Mariotti too <laughs> yeah Joe Cowley Joe Cowley right yeah uh the guy no? Guy who had this shared the same name as oh it wasn't Joe Cowley huh? I don't know maybe he's saying no to uh, oh to Mariotti yeah I don't know yeah I thought it was Joe Cowley the uh, the guy who shared the uh, the name with the uh, old White Sox pitcher um, but um, yeah Joe Cowley yeah um, so yeah so uh, we'll see what happens uh, over the next couple of days. Regardless, in the next two days, we are going to find out what our fate is as a team here. Um, let's hope they come out firing because uh, they need to. It is win or go home. And uh, let's hope that they uh, decide that they want to play a little bit and want to play against these Red Sox. The Red Sox are going to have a few days off and uh, sit at home. So, yeah, true, sir. Sox in five. Let us hope. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and, uh, you know, regardless, maybe uh, we'll try to get on, you know, what regardless of the outcome, we will try to get on. We normally do this stream every Monday night at 9 p.m. Central. 
but uh, seeing as this is the postseason and the first postseason of uh, White Sox Daily on Twitch, we will do our best to uh, get on and uh, keep everybody's uh, fire stoked or, you know, try to uh, calm everybody down, depending. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. If you guys have not done it already, hit that follow button. We appreciate all our subscribers. Follow us on Twitter. Like uh, Ian said, lots of great highlights and stuff you'll see out there every day. Uh, during the uh, during the regular season, when uh, when you don't get a chance or an opportunity to see actual clips from uh, our minor league guys, Mr. Ian Eskridge is uh, taking care of that for you on our, on our White Sox Daily Twitter. So go ahead and check that out. But please, mash all those buttons, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Yeah. So uh, for myself, Ian Eskridge. And my co-host, Danny Miller and Xavier Sanchez. like to thank you for watching another episode of White Sox Daily Live. Um, this will be up on podcast form early in the morning tomorrow. Uh, so uh, if you missed anything and you want to go back and take a listen, uh, hop on your uh, podcast app of choice and it should be there. Um, and uh, stop by the Twitter, say hello, uh, or just... Uh, retweet the awesome highlights that are going to be from tomorrow of uh, hopefully another White Sox victory. And uh, just uh, like to thank you guys for coming in to watch and chatting. And uh, you guys have a great night, and we'll see you uh, hopefully soon. All right, night.